When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Tom Welling Prime Punch! More meatloaf, more meatloaf, more meatloaf. Hot chicks in armored bikinis and the dead live, the dead freaking live. Plus, a podcast where apes evolved from men. The mayor's back in harness, but where's Michael J. Fox? And two guys from the 60s fight it out to see whose hairpiece truly is supreme. Come with me and you'll be in our world of pure imagination, where the snozberries taste like snozberries. There's no wang doodles to come scoop you up and eat you, and you can't go backwards. You gotta go forward to go back. Better to press on. Keep your hands off the fizzy lifting drinks, because if you steal fizzy lifting drinks, you might bump into the ceiling, which then has to be washed and sterilized so you will get nothing Good day, sir. Hey, everybody. I said good day. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Well, everybody, welcome to a Saturday <laughs> Wonka-filled edition. I hope, you know, this is your golden ticket. This episode is your golden ticket to adventure for sure. Uh-huh. And surprisingly, Rodrigo is wearing something orange, so he could be our little Oompa Loompa. Yes. Although in the Because Oompa... I'm the minority. <laughs> oh, why you got to do that? Why you got to be like that? Everybody, we hope you enjoyed the, the show we had earlier this week where we talked with uh, Scott Wegner and Brian Clevenger of Atomic Robo. If you have, if you have volume three, number one, it's a great issue to just kind of read along as you're listening to the podcast. It's almost like a commentary, almost like we planned it out that way. Hmm. Mm. Almost because we failed at it. (laughs) (laughs) And we've never planned anything successfully in the history of the website. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Hero histories, anyone? Hey, uh, this week. So is your mother. Hey, we got two news stories that I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about this week. We won't roll the Wheel of Destiny this okay. week because apparently wait, wait, somebody, wait. The Wheel of Destiny is actually broken. It's broken this week. We had to send yeah, it in so for it. All uh, it does is go like. <laughs> 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 so, uh, of our two news stories this week, we have surprisingly uh, the. Uh, the new issue, I guess, the fourth issue of a five, six issue, eight issue miniseries called uh, The uh, Legion of Three Worlds finally arrived, it's, what, like nine months after the last one? I believe it's 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 actually an annual. <laughs> <laughs> the world's only biannual monthly. I guess the big, there are a couple of things that happen in that issue that, that I kind of wanted to talk about and get your guys' feedback. Uh, number one was number the one, reveal one, of the Time Trapper being... Uh, Superboy Prime, <gasps> or Superman Prime, or whatever they're calling him now. Prime, Prime. I guess they're still calling him Prime. Optimus Prime. Was that a was that a big deal, Matthew? To you, was that a big surprise reveal? 
Um, it, 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 it depends on how you look at surprise. There's two definitions of surprise. A surprise could be something wonderful that you didn't see coming. Let's say it's your birthday and you open a box and it's got keys in it and there's a car in the parking lot. That's a surprise. Yeah. Or a surprise is also something that you didn't really want to see coming. Say Monty ah. Hall looks behind door number four and there's you know a donkey with a paper box on his head. So I looked at it and I was surprised, but I was not surprised in a holy crap way. I was surprised in a wow, that is crap way. And I, I, I don't mean to be critical or hypercritical. Well, yeah, I do. But I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, really? I really didn't like it because the Time Trapper has always been portrayed as large and mysterious and kind of alien and powerful and smart, majestic in a way. Hmm. But th- and I Superboy mean, Prime is kind of like, I'll show you, I'll show you all. I'm gonna punch Panther in the head and rip the wildebeest in half, and then, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this chair and then this, this plant and this thing here. And it's just the voice of that character to me is always Steve Martin in the Jerk. <laughs> so when I heard the time, the time travelers trapper, here, the time travelers are the here. The time trapper <laughs> whose voice is always Terrence Stamp in his kneel before Zod mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To have that voice suddenly come out of the time trapper was really disconcerting for me. But I guess there have been many different time trappers, so why can't Tom Welling Prime be the time trapper? You want the honest answer? Yes, please. I will give you the honest answer, and this is as biased an answer as you're ever going to get out of me. Oh, really? When I do the the hero histories on my annual... Yeah, the <laughs> annual hero histories. The annual hero histories. I do them from the perspective already? that every hero is the central character of their story. Right. So kinetics, gates are just as, as as important as Lightning Lad. Block and Bouncing Boy are just as important as Cosmic Boy or mon Right. From the perspective of the character. Right. But being me and being the point where I re- started reading comics, that Legion, the, the, the original pre-Crisis Legion, where Ultra Boy had the red shirt and the green pants and you know, didn't wear a leather jacket and where you know Block was there and the White Witch was there and, and Bouncing Boy was kind of that embarrassed embarrassing cousin that we have for a lot of people for a lot of readers and for i think dc editorial that's the quote unquote air quote (laughs) real legion okay and to go to the reboot legion yes it's a nice take it's a nice different thing the volume five legion or the volume four legion the five-year gap legion is kind of an extension of that i mean but if we go to the three booted legion it's all well, let's see. You didn't see a huge outcry about the death of Sunboy version three, right? Yeah, no. At least I did. Okay. For a lot of people, and for me, that first Legion is the real Legion, which means this is an official story of the real Legion for maybe the first time in 20 years. And it's taking my real Legion chocolate and putting it in this, this new Superboy Prime Infinite Crisis peanut butter that I'm, you know, I'm not entirely sure that I'm digging the texture. So you're both allergic to milk and peanuts. Indeed. But it's something where if we go back and I look at all those old stories and I'm like, you know what? These are the real ones to me. Not the most most real. So the polar boy moment is more impactful than the the Tom Welling prime moment. 
Yeah, the polar boy moment, Dawnstar and Wildfire grabbing each other's hand and saying, I'll be with you no matter what happens. The moment where we see, you know, something silly like Sunboy hearing yeah, that his like, doppelganger is dead yeah. and calling up his power and coming out. or You know, it, the, those moments with that original pre-crisis Legion are obviously the ones that really resonate for Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Sunboy Volume 3 and... Element Lad Volume 3 were pretty much killed on panel with no mercy. Yeah. And you'll note now that both the reboot and three-boot Element Lads are out of the picture, which makes me wonder if we aren't moving to that whole multi-reality legion that people have been, and by people I mean me, talking about for, you know, several years now. Ever by since talking about, he means ranting at the comic book shop. <laughs> so, so, you know. In addition, to, in addition to the reveal of the Time Trapper, and probably one that's probably, I don't know, uh, more important, I think, to people is we find out what uh, Starboy was doing, Starman was doing. Right. Uh, digging up the grave of Connor Kent and mm-hmm. putting him into a matrix up at the Arctic Circle so that a thousand years later, the matrix should rise and they can put the little bit of Luthor DNA into the chamber and out pops Connor Kent. Hmm. Con, I want to tell you What do you think, Rod- you Rodrigo? The, the, the character died uh, pretty tragically during, I don't know. One of them crises not too long ago or something or other. And now mm-hmm. he's back. And so is Bart Allen is back. But well, mm. it, it gets into the same the same thing of what did the character's death mean? And is that being undermined now because of him being back? What I do kind of liked about it is the uh, completely circuitous plot of a completely insane character that that I did that yeah, I yeah. do like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that much I liked about it. Yeah. Matthew, what do you think about the return of Connor Kent? Uh, I'm actually of two minds about it. The the Bart Allen return felt like what I call a flash death. Yeah. Flashes flashes die all the time. Wally died during uh Legends, I think. Wally died during Zero Hour. Jay sort of died. All these characters, you know, oh, we transitioned into the Speed Force. Oh wait, we're back. Even Barry's death doesn't feel like a death. It feels like he's moved beyond this. Right. Connor's death is what I like to look at as an Optimus Prime death. Yeah. Hmm. Connor's death felt real. So I don't know if you guys ever watched season three of Transformers where they resurrected Prime for like one episode and he had to die again at the end of the episode. Yeah, probably wasn't voiced by Orson Welles, was it? Well, no, Orson, no Orson Prime Welles was actually was voiced by planet. Peter Cullen, you stupid. Right, right. Now I'm talking <laughs> about the movie. Wasn't he the voice in the, in the movie? He was, he was the voice Orson of Orson Welles was the voice of Unicron. Oh, okay, Unicron, okay. Right. Two-thirds of the movie. They say that... Uh, they say that actually Leonard Nimoy doubled the voice after uh, Orson Welles died. That was actually his last role. <laughs> all right. Sorry to get you back on to topic there. but That's all right. But, I mean, the Optimus Prime death felt like he was dead and mm-hmm. his death meant something. And when he came back, it felt limited and it felt like at the end of it, he was going to be dead again. And that's the way I feel about, you know, the return of Connell. I'm looking at it like it's great to see Con back, but I think he's going, you know, whatever they've done is a temporary fix. And I think he's going to be dead again at the end of Legion of Three Worlds. Mm. I could be wrong. I have been before, but I'd like to see that because Con's death is one of the few that actually felt like a real world consequence of superhero battling. Well, there was also that kind of who, who wrote his death with it. Jeff, Jeff Loeb wrote that. And and wasn't that kind of uh, tied in with he, his with his son's death? Died. I thought he died in Infinite Crisis. Yeah, but wasn't but wasn't that kind of tied in with with Jeff Loeb's real son's uh, cancer that he was going through, or or whatever that led to his death? 
Yeah, and so that kind of made it a little bit more impactful for that. To me, it did. Uh, that I'm not sure. But the, I guess the thing that I would say about the whole Connor Kent rebirth is stop it, DC, damn it. Hmm. Stop bringing back these dead characters. Now, I can understand if you're going to do it for this uh, DC zombies that you're bringing up here this <laughs> summer and going into the fall and probably into the winter and until next summer. I, I can understand so that. death right now. At I which can... point it will transition into <laughs> Dark Reign right. DCU. Yeah, <laughs> Dark DCU. Uh, but just stop it. I mean, I can understand it for the zombie aspect. So bring back your zombies, have your little fun. Uh, but if you're going to kill a character in the future, damn it, leave those characters dead. And if you're going to decide to kill a character, you better make sure that that death has impact, not just so that at a writer's whim you can bring it back another month from now. That's my whole thought on it. I'm not, I'm not overly pleased with the whole thing, mm. but I'm not overly disappointed either because... To me now, I'm just saying, let's erase those last five years of history and pretend like they never happened. Before we know it, Ralph and Sue will be back and alive, and we can take everything from the beginning of uh, Identity Crisis all the way through till today, and it'll be like it never happened. That's the for true. The end. And then... And then... And then we've got a new Thor and a new Batgirl. Wow. No, or, we didn't. So we think. What's going on with this uh, welcome meet the new Thor and it's it's Hercules in Thor garb? Matthew, what do you know about that or what do you speculate about that? I speculate that it's what we like to refer to as a publicity stunt. Aha! So people shouldn't be getting all worked up about uh, uh, blonde-haired Norse man being exiting out of the picture and, and Hercules stepping into the picture. Or should we? I mean, they did this right, with, well, they they did did with Hercules. Yeah, they did it for Hulk and that turned out really well. <laughs> Marvel's uh, just going to try to absorb every one of their titles into the Incredible Hercules. There you go. It's like you're going to have like meet the new spectacular Hercules. <laughs> He's going to be climbing up a wall. Web shooters flying yeah. out. Yeah. The amazing Hercules. The Legion of Hercules. No, wait. The X Hercules. The Fantastic Hercules. Hercules. Doesn't that, that doesn't work? Yeah, it's gonna be him, Amadeus Cho, and Scroll Chihuahua, <laughs> and Herbie the Robot. Herculean Origins. What do you think? Just a publicity stunt, or are they really gonna do a, do an incredible Hercules stunt again? I think it's a publicity stunt because it's the cover to an issue of Incredible Hercules, ah. and not the cover to an issue of Thor. Aha! Uh -huh. All right, Rodrigo. Anything you wanna? What did? What do you think about it? No, I'm spent after. Uh... The Fan Forkules 4. <laughs> All right, what about this then? Uh, DC released earlier in the week up on their on their uh, blog site uh, this uh, cover to the new Batgirl, and it is the Cassandra Cain Batgirl suit, mm -hmm. but over the mouth plate where she usually had the mouth all sewn up, it's ripped away, and there is a different face underneath there. We don't see the top half of the face, so we don't see if the eyes are also ripped out. But the pose is definitely not Cassandra Kane. The skin tone is not Cassandra Kane, and the little smirk on her face is definitely not Cassandra Kane, which set up this whole flurry of speculation of who is this new Batgirl. Mm. And I can there, tell you who it is. Some people have said it's it's Oracle Barbara Gordon. Some people have right. said it's Spoiler. Some people say it's Misfit. Some people say it's Black Alice. Uh, some people say it's Harley Quinn. Hmm. Matthew, who is it? You really want to know? Yes, please, tell me. You really want the truth? Hey, it's called Major Spoilers, man. You can't handle the I truth. I can't handle the truth! It's the reanimated corpse of Sue Dibney. Ah! Uh, 
Really? Okay. No, not really. <laughs> what are you stupid? No, I think I think that the misfit guess is probably an interesting one. Um, simply because of the look on the face, you know, the little smirk. I, I was wondering why freckles? no one has guessed the Huntress. Oh, you think? That, well, that's, that, bear in mind that Batgirl costume was originated by the Huntress back yeah, in No Man's Land. That is true. She was the first person to wear it. That is true. But she has not been killed or her books, ha well, I guess Birds of Prey was kind of written mm -hmm. off. It's been canceled. But why would you take a popular character like Huntress and convert her to Batgirl? Because people make well, bad decisions all the time. <laughs> let's define popular. I read Birds of Prey from day one, and even yeah, so I don't I. think of Batgirl as a popular character. Excuse me, of, of Huntress as a popular character. The main perception of Huntress is, hey, isn't that Batman's daughter? True. You know. Uh, what about the Misfit thing? You don't think that that's... Uh... I'd like to see Misfit, but I really don't think that DC has that much regard for the character yeah. or internal uh, uh, conflict to where... She called herself Batgirl for all of five seconds. Right. Before Oracle shot that down. What about yep. Barbara Gordon? She's going through this uh, whole series now called The Cure. Great band. If, <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, if you've looked at the covers of yeah. that particular series. Yeah. And you look at this particular shot of Batgirl. Yes. And I do not wish to be in any way offensive or sexist. Please do mm. not beat me over the head with a star sapphire stick. <laughs> the recent portrayals of Barbara Gordon. In a pectoral regional yeah, functionality, doesn't, uh, she doesn't do have not a, bear much resemblance to this. This this looks like a girl. This looks like a you know a a young, late teens, early twenties kind of you know. And and they've said this is a brand new bad girl. This is not. Well, they don't. They don't say. They just say who is Batgirl. Oh. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's a girl dressed as a bat. <laughs> what about this? I, I maybe I didn't mention this when I ran through it. Stephanie Brown. The That'd spoiler. Interesting. She played. She was Robin for a while. Not why not Batgirl for a while. I'd kind of like or, to see Stephanie Brown. More importantly, from my point of view, what's wrong with Cassandra Kane? I mean, she went evil at the end of the original Batgirl series, which pissed a lot of people off. And then when they brought her back, and she was like the head of the League of Assassins or or the Foot Clan or whatever that she was in charge of, <laughs> and people were pissed off about that. But then you know, Batman came up and gave her a big hug. And then she was part of the Bat family again. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with Cassandra Kane? What's going to happen to her in Battle for the Cowl? I don't think anybody's really clear on who Cassandra Kane is. Well, I mean, Cassandra Kane has been up and down the evil power charts like a horse drawers, just, you know, oh, she's evil. Oh, she's good. Oh, she's evil. Oh, she's good. She's the head of the League of Assassins. No, she's a teen titan. You know what was the best part about Batgirl? What? Right up until the point where she met her first boyfriend for the first time, mm -hmm. where Oracle taught her to read and she kind of learned to speak. And so she kind of lost some of her, her, uh, death Super stroke, ninja powers. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, David Kane powers or whatever that, uh, her father was. Um, right. and then she met the boyfriend for the first time. And then that's the first time they really kind of swerve that story. And up until that point where she was just trying to discover herself and discover what it meant yeah. to be a human being. I love that. Bad girl. Absolutely. When, when that bad girl first, when when that when they first started going into like the 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 after what what happened after no man's land right i i really like that story and then then they introduce a psychic 
who yeah. just went like, oh, here, I'll g- give you language back. Right, Urgh. right. Like, I hated that because right. the character was so interesting otherwise. It would... Hard, very hard to write as a protagonist. And it seemed to me like a total cop-out. They right. were somebody, the writer was looking at that and said, uh, I can't write this for yeah, 10 can't, issues. you can't write a mime. And I right. liked her as that deadly mime that would Absolutely. just grunt and kind of very feral. Um, and... He was like that guy from Silverhawks, except actually dangerous. <laughs> Uh, what about Harley Quinn? Wow, that may be our most obscure reference ever. Rodrigo wins! Yay! <laughs> Ten points, Rodrigo. Uh, you're going to have to go back two weeks. Now to, I'm going to uh, have to out-reference you. Quick, Henry, the flit! <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this. Some people have said, remember that double-page spread of of Battle for the Cowl that we had? The Cowlites. And we, and we had that we had that shot of the hand coming out of the coffin. Mm-hmm. You said Hand. Cassandra Kane in the coffin. Is she going to die in battle for the cowl? Did that? It didn't really look like a woman's hand, did it? Yeah, it did. did it? Was yeah, it? it did. Okay. That's what I thought. Maybe. Maybe. There, I, don't I, have I, I guess I don't remember me. the. I don't really remember. I would say as hands go, it looked like it was possibly feminist. Mm. Yeah. Which um, you know, who knows? Uh, we want you to. We want to hear your feedback, though, dear listener. Head over to majorspoilers.com, and uh, you can either put it in the show notes here, or you can go over to the spectacular. Major spoilers forum that Rodrigo hosts and maintains and keeps spam free. I try, except for the times where it's not spam free. And thank you for uh, the people that let us know yeah, when some spam for, fl- for pointing that flits stuff in. Out, guys, because we know that you don't really care about Cialis ads or where you can get your best airfares. Yeah, don't. And we do too. Guys, don't click on that crap. Yeah, don't. You really don't. Uh, also, uh, just as a reminder. We do have some major spoilers merchandise. We will be adding some more real soon. But if you would like one of those fantastic F continuity t-shirts that seem to be all the rage at the uh, publishing companies these days, you can buy one. You can buy your very own F continuity t-shirt or your very own official major spoilers mouse pad logo. How do I do that, Steve? Right on the right hand column at majorspoilers.com. You'll see a little button that says F continuity t-shirt. Click on that. It'll take you to our store. You can check out and we get a little small percentage of that money. Small percentage, I should add. Because, you know, we it's do like do this stuff for free, cents. and we do put a lot of time into this. And, uh, yeah. boy, if we could get compensated and do this full-time, my life would be complete. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it, though? Investors. I could just rant about comics for pay. I, I could, I'd need $10 million over 10 years, and we could have a pretty kick-ass site. Yeah, we and can't get that site now. Well, of course, it grows by leaps and bounds every month, Matthew. I mean, our latest numbers are in. We're up 10% from last month again. Amazing. There you go. We are well within our, our world of future domination. Speaking, speaking of future domination. Oh, future people who we are going to dominate. <laughs> speaking of uh, future domination, let's read it, jump into that email bag and see what some of our future major spoilerite legion are going to do to us. Let's Ping! See. You've got mail. So, I found your podcast on podcast.com. Give it five stars. We'll go run over to iTunes and give it a top rating as well. And I liked it. And <laughs> well, great. But Fantastic wait, email. Okay. I am attempt doing data entry before entering medical school. It is a soul-killing job that can only be survived by occupying my brain with podcasts. I've listened to maybe 15 to 20 shows now, and my days fly by. Because of my work schedule, I can't really get onto the website, but I appreciate being able to keep up with the comics industry while making money and killing my soul. <laughs> keep up the good work. My mom makes a meatloaf with a cheese center. I'd give you guys five slices of cheese-centered meatloaf. Nice. Ooh. It's pretty damn tasty. Best, John. P.S. Boo. 
<laughs> I think that letter is actually making my arteries harden. <laughs> God, I, that sounds so good right now. Yeah, cheese-centered meatloaf mm. with ketchup and extra crumbs. Uh, hey, I find it great that people listen to the podcast at work. One thing that we do try to do is we do try to make the shows relatively short. We try not to go into these marathon-long four-hour shows like some other podcasts because we know that you want to get through as many different shows as possible. Mm. I've got and a, we do, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, believe me, I've got a list. I listed all the podcasts that I listen to. I've got 50 podcasts that I currently subscribe to. Good and Lord. Do you are, have a job? I, believe me, people wonder why the earbuds are in my ear all day long. Mm-hmm. And there are some shows that are just so dang long that I have to say, sorry, I'm flipping past this one this week. I can't spend, you know, two and a half, three, four, five, six hours. Somebody Yeesh. put out a six-hour podcast, and I couldn't listen to it. I just don't have that kind of time. So we try to make it short mm. just for you because we know that you love comics, and we, we do, do too. too. And we'll <laughs> see would... you next time. That was a short show, you guys. <laughs> I wouldn't sleep with a gaggle of cheerleaders for six hours straight. A six hours straight of Matthew No. No, 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 no. Nobody wants six hours of Matthew straight. I'm sorry, man. Six. I, I don't want to listen to it. My wife doesn't like six hours of Matthew straight. <laughs> we drove from Hayes to Topeka once and we're nearly divorced. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got some more, uh, more. Oh, 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 hey, check this email out. Next letter. You've got mail. Mark Smith, creator of New Brighton Archaeological Society, writes... I heard the review about a month ago, but I didn't get a chance to write back to you. You tell the other guys that in the next volume of New Brighton Archaeological Society that I plan to make their heads even bigger. (laughs) Bigger, I say! (laughs) (laughs) I I love it when creators listen to the show or creators come up to the website, and it's really surprising uh, if you guys listen to uh, uh, Wednesday's podcast where, where we did the Atomic Robo one. That's how I kind of found out that Clevenger and Wegner were reading our stuff because they were posting stuff up on the forums going, oh, well, I don't know if you understood that, or here's mm-hmm. a link to what Major Spoiler said. And so it's really good that these creators are out there. Even, in fact, um, oh, I forget her name, but her last name is Moore, Alan Moore's daughter, who wrote Leon Sherlock Moore. Holmes. They read the art, they read the review almost uh, within hours of it being put up, and they put a link to it. So it's always great to have comic creators out there that are listening to our stuff and like what we're doing. And, you know, it's an open invitation. If you are a big comic creator or an artist or somebody that's involved in the comic industry, whether Perhaps more importantly, if you're a little comic artist or creator. Evil. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. We'll talk about it. Heck, we might even invite you on the show, just like we've done (gasps) with many of our other fantastic interviews that we've had here just for you. And then there's the times that you just talk to me. Yes. And Rodrigo. Hello. So about... How about that local sports team? <laughs> you don't want to know about the local sports team this week, Matthew. But I do I want to know they about won some... and or lost their match or bout. I do want to hear about some, uh, uh, Reviews. some reviews. Man, I wish I could learn to play this ukulele fa- faster because, man, I've got something in mind for a review theme song. Nice. Uh, let's talk about some reviews, some comics that have come out over the last couple of weeks or coming out this week or this past week. Or possibly when, came out six months ago. Depending on when you listen to it. Hello, Fisher people. Matthew, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we start off with you with Ex Machina number 41 from, this is Indeed. a Wildstorm, right, or Vertigo? Wildstorm or Correct. Vertigo? It's a Wildstorm title. Okay. It could be a Vertigo title, but unfortunately it's not. I don't know if that makes any difference. I think it actually makes a difference in terms of the trade dress, but that's neither here nor there. Uh-huh. Um, 
Ex Machina, of course, is a story of Mitchell Hundred, the fictional mayor of New York City, who used to be a superhero known as the Great Machine. One of the things that the Great Machine did. Yeah, I did that one on purpose. I threw that in <laughs> for my fans. Peace out, Because if you actually stop doing it, people would stop getting the joke. People exactly. would stop listening to the show. There's a joke. There are jokes in this. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to tell me there's a script. What? Um, what? Um, and it starts with a flashback, as many issues do, to Mitch's time as the Great Machine, fighting his evil enemy, Fearson. Well, I think it's Fearson. And uh, Fearson, of course, controls nature the way Mitch controls machines. So the Great Machine ends up fighting Fearson and a herd of wasps. Wow. And, White Anglo-Saxon you know, Protestants? Yes, exactly what it was. Now, yeah, sure. what, was it a swarm? <laughs> swarm. <laughs> it was indeed a swarm. And, of course, the story ends with him uh, venting his jetpack to put the bees to sleep, leaping 12 stories into a pool, and then, of course, the two of them are just lying there. We cut to the current time where Mitch makes the astonishing announcement that he's not going to run for a second term as mayor. Ooh. Of New York City. Instead, he's going to make a solemn pledge. First, he's going to increase taxes. He's going to increase increase taxes a lot. And he comes out and says this, and he says that if he fails to deliver on his promises to balance the budget, to raise the graduation rates, to fix the problems that are facing New York City, he will leave the city and never set foot in New York again. Wow. Now, I don't know if any of you remember Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> but he actually lost a match like that, I believe, to Hulk Hogan back in 89 at the Garden. And then he was relegated to do snap into a Slim Jim commercials. Exactly. So basically, Mitch has made this huge statement, and it's a publicity statement as much as anything else, but he goes about the portion of reapportioning his department, giving you know people new jobs. There's a girl who wants to kill him who's working with one of his oldest friends to undermine his presidency. Dun, dun, dun. Did I say presidency? <gasps> in any case, there's a lot of little subtle story points in here. We see his bodyguard in New York City, and it's a really interesting moment where the bodyguard gets scammed by a woman pretending to be attacked. Yeah. It turns out she wants an interview, and she hired somebody to pretend to attack her. Of course, he tells her he's got nothing to say and walks away. And the story ends with two relatively homeless people sitting on a street corner, and at the end of the issue, the rats swarm up and start eating them. Oh, just like they always do in New York City. And the last image of the issue is a close-up of the man's face with rats ripping away his skin and tearing oh, out his eyeballs. It's joyous. really joyous it's really horrifying and the whole time his friend who seems to have some sort of mental disorder is screaming i want this all to be in my head and i'm like honey you ain't just preaching to the choir there <laughs> but it's an interesting issue it's it's of course part one of five six four whatever it is but it sets up the plot it sets up something that we've never discussed before is that ex machina takes place in flashback Right. Mm -hmm. And it's never really touched on. This is the year 2009. All the flashbacks to current times take place in 2004. Mm. So you start with a flashback to 2001, March of 2001, when the Great Machine is active. But then we jump to a flashback to December of 2004, when Mitch makes his decision about the presidency, or excuse me, about the mayoralhood. 
the mayor and see. <laughs> I like and it better when you said the mayor of the hood. The mayor of the <laughs> That's hood. That's like going to be some movie title what? next month. I, I think, <laughs> what? What? I think what? Had snipes in it. Little John this, is mayor This of the is a hood. good issue. It's a good setup. Mayor, mayor. Just do the the right art thing. is always fabulous. Tony Harris does really good stuff. I've loved him ever since he worked on um, Starman, Starman yeah. a dozen years ago. But most importantly, it's it's an interesting setup to take me places that I want to go. So I'm interested in seeing where these stories end up. And I'm interested in seeing where it's going. I would go three solid slices of meatloaf on this one. It's a good issue. And I would say if you haven't been reading Ex Machina, you may want to grab a trade, pick this issue up. It's the first part of a new arc, so it may be someplace where you can get on board. Isn't this also the beginning of the end? Isn't Ex Machina coming to a close here pretty soon? I haven't heard anything specific because I haven't really gone looking for it, oh, okay. but I had. I know that the series does have an ending. Okay. I thought it, it, I thought I read somewhere, maybe up on the Majorspoilers.com website, that dun, the dun, series dun, was dun. coming to a close soon. It's possible. Yeah. So three and, three and a half, is that what you said, Matthew, or three? I said three. We could go three and a half on board. All right. All right, cool. Would you like some maybe extra cheese on top of that? Mmm, cheese. Cheese me loaf. Cheese, cheese makes everything better. Cheese make me loaf. You know All what right. else makes everything better? What's that? Never mind. <laughs> All right, this week I took a look at The Great Fables Crossover Part 3. Man, for three weeks in a row I've been talking about the fables, this Great like, Fables blah, crossover. Blah, 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 big B wolf, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Bigby Wolf, something big happens to Bigby Wolf in this nice. issue. This one comes from the literals number one, number one of, I think, three uh, for this uh, series. And Kevin Thorne is the person that is able to rewrite history. And so this issue or this section of the Great Fables crossover really focuses on Kevin's power. And the thing is, he can't rewrite the universe quite yet because he's got the writer's block. Hmm. And he spends a lot of time going to, uh, like, the Catskills, and he's sitting there going, okay, I need some help. Uh, I need some help. Help, help, help. Hmm, hmm. Who can I bring in? Oh, well, let me start by bringing in the genres. And the Western shows up, and it looks a lot like John Wayne. Mm -hmm. Then the Blockbuster shows up, and it looks like uh, Rambo. Then we've got uh, the Mystery, and it's a woman in a hooded veil. And then Horror, who still scares the crap out of me. And then Romance, who's a slut. And then the twins <laughs> Science Fiction and Fantasy. One's a spaceman, like, one's an elf. I like sluts. Uh, and then Literature, still looking her nose down at everybody. Comedy makes an appearance, who looks like Groucho Marx. And then not last but not least, Noir makes an appearance, slips in without him being noticed. And it's really funny to read these sections. Well, funny and strange to read uh, these sections where the genres are pitching ideas on how the universe should be created. Nice. We see it from the Western genre, the noir genre, all these different genres that are going on. And all the, all the while, uh, Kevin can't figure out you know what to do with this. He's having real difficulty. None of the genres are doing anything for him. And so he decides to bring in two of his greatest creations. One of them being Hansel, who was the witch killer uh, in, in Fable lore, and I believe they killed him or crippled him or something, because mm -hmm. he comes back and he is in a wheelchair. And the other one is Sam, little black Sambo, mm -hmm. uh, all grown up, the one that could run really fast, who, if I remember correctly, died in Jack of Fables, and so he's literally back from the dead. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of play opposing angel forces, where Sam is talking about the good things that he should do, with creating the universe, and Hansel is all about kill them all, wipe them out, you know, kind of thing, and believes that they should start with the fables as soon as possible. Now, 
our heroes, uh, this time it's Bigby Wolf and Snow White and Revise, and man, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, uh, fallacy, the, what, I forget what his name Gary is. Gary the Pathetic Fallacy. Yes, Gary the Pathetic Fallacy. They're all riding in a car trying to find out where Kevin might be, and they go to his uh, house, which he's booby-trapped, uh, so that Bigby can pick up his scent. Blows up the house, almost kills everybody, but Bigby's got his scent. But the explosion lets Kevin know that they're on their way, and he decides, you know what? It's time I take care of Bigby Wolf and do something about Bigby Wolf. And with the stroke of his pen, Bigby Wolf turns into Bigby Chimpanzee. <laughs> much to the horror of Snow White, and much to the horror of the other uh, fables that are riding along for the ride. Um, so that's kind of the main story. There's also the side story of Jack Frost looking for his dad. There's the little side story of um, the fables that are at the uh, diner. And I think there was one more little side story, but those are the those are the big ones right there. Of the three issues that I've talked about, fables, the great fables crossover so far, this by far is my uh, my favorite of the issue. Mm-hmm. Snappy pace patter, a lot of repeating some of the same jokes from the previous ones to show you that this is ongoing. There's another full page thing about the diner ordering, where it is literally almost word after word of this guy making huge orders. Nice. And the waitress just going, yeah, you want potato salad or coleslaw with the club sandwiches, you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the bits with the genres is is awesome. Um, the the bit with the other Jack um, is, is great as well. Again, by far, this is my most favorite of the Great Fables crossovers issues. The literals number one, I am giving three and a half. I'm going to go four. Four slices of meatloaf on oh this issue. Oh, my word. Four slices of meatloaf. No, Steven, you'll destroy the I continuity. Know. I'm clogging my arteries with every review. Oh, I don't know if you know this, man, but your arteries have been clogged for yes, years. Yes, I know. I'm just waiting for one of these days where I drop Ye- over. And then you guys are going to have to carry over the website and the uh, podcast yourselves. Yikes. Can I have your stuff? Uh, no, I've already kind of willed that away to somebody else. Fucker. Sorry. Ha ha. It's me. Hey, Rodrigo, what do you got? Okay, I got Witchblade Annual for 2009, the very first Witchblade Annual. Yes, it is. Now, you know how, um, you know, I've, I've reviewed Witchblade a handful of times on the show, and I, right. I, I keep bringing up that Witchblade has kind of grown up a little bit. It's not all about uh, just a, a girl in a metal and or booger bikini <laughs> at any given point. What about point. a metal booger bikini? Exactly. Um, you know, it's got a little bit more pace. There's a right now. There's that issue with you know there being two witchblades and and them becoming um essentially mad at each other. Right, this hot a, brunette witchblade or hot blonde, hot blonde witchblade. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a standalone issue. I don't think it's it's related to what's going on currently. Um, it has two stories, but you know, after I've said all of that, you open up the issue and the first page is uh, this girl in lingerie with a cleaver. Covered in blood, trying to walk off a building. Oh, how awesome is that? That's yeah, pretty good. Um, <laughs> okay. Sounds like my last date. <laughs> oh. So, um, do all of your dates end with women walking off buildings? If I'm lucky. Now the the you know the character the main character's name is Sarah Pizzini, but right. most people just refer to her as Witchblade, even though she is not the Witchblade. The Witchblade is a gauntlet, just like I always uh, talk about. Yeah, and then you know Die Hard's running down the building, <laughs> run, and then it blows hard. up. It's like, run Die Hard, <laughs> and you know, and then like Jaws comes out of the water and tries to bite the guy. Um, 
so Witchblade's investigating why these people are doing this, and 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 stop me if you've heard this one before. Okay. Um, a lot of hot women are are doing crazy things all over the city, just going around killing people. And she tracks and that's different from real life because she tracks them down. The one thing that they all had in common is that they've all had plastic surgery, and that's different because from <laughs> the same guy. Oh, okay. Oh, was um, it the guy who wrote Shadowhunter? <laughs> Probably. Grand um, ball soul split. Oh now. no, my soul it is splitting really hard. Um the uh so they track him down and as it turns out he has some kind of like uh medallion that he got into bed and that's how he's doing it. It's really just a very straightforward story. Yeah. There's not much of a mystery. There's no like uh red herring, like they just basically figure it out right away. The thing that surprised me about it Hi, I'm Red Herring. Ah, curse you. Shouldn't he be in Fables? Um, <laughs> he might be. He might be. Um, the thing that surprised me, though, is that this is the same plot to the current Runaways. Oh, really? Uh, storyline. Yeah. People who have had plastic oh, surgery yeah. turning into zombies for all intents and purposes. Oh, wow. I mean, these guys, the the ones in Witchblade aren't undead, but they lose their minds and become come under the control of the plastic surgeon. Yeah. So it, I was just surprised. I don't think they... I don't think it was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. It seems like if Just Marvel was doing something, yeah, Top Cow would have been like, oh, well, maybe we don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Then again, there is Cyber Force. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a secondary story about some guy killing another guy. Completely unremarkable. I would give this uh, uh, Witchblade Annual 2009 maybe two and a half slices of meatloaf. Okay, so just a lot um, of okay. Yeah, a lot of uh, you know. Is the art by uh, Svejic or whatever his name is? The art is fine. I don't. I didn't have a problem with it at all. It's it's not like the art on the other book currently, where it's so soft, so as to oh, right, you know right, right. like it, that that can sometimes rub me the wrong way. This art just very straightforward. A lot of attractive people talking to each other, and actually mostly just talking to each other. Mm, okay, so there's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of action, action. even. No. Mm, okay, two and a half stars out of that that came out this past week. Uh, depending on which day you're listening, of course. I think it was later, earlier, while not being there. It came out May 6th. How about that, people? Is that clear dun, enough dun, for dun, you? Dun. May 6th. And that would make today Nuevo del Mayo, which is only celebrated in obscure culture somewhere in central Kansas, where we all say... As we drive past those fields of red huge, rice. As we rice drive syndrome. past fields of rice. And on that note... Hey, you know what that means. The reviews are done, which means it's time for us to riff for about seven minutes on two minutes worth of material, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and that's all Matthew. It's time for the dozens in attendance and the seven people watching at home. Which is kind of scary in itself. Today we witness a battle of television icons. Major spoiler right, life's a glitch. How are ya? Hello, future people in the past. (laughs) This week, into the ring enter two beloved actors. In this corner, weighing in at one bad hairpiece and a chest that sticks out not quite as far as his ribcage. Known best as Batman and also as the guy who used to be Batman. (laughs) At six foot two, from Hollywood, California... Adam West, Adam West. Now quietly, Adam West, Adam West. Uh, For those of you don't steal his light bright, or his name becomes Adam Wee. (laughs) 
And in this corner, weighing in at an even worse hairpiece, but a very specific style of talking that everyone can mock so long as you pause for two seconds and spit the rest of the sentence out like it's on fire. <gasps> he is known as Captain James T. Kirk. <laughs> or as Captain James T. Hooker. <laughs> T.J. Hooker. As J.T. Hooker, T.J. Hooker. <laughs> or as Denny Crane, who says the things that we all wish we could say. And yes, I know what you mean. He's been the target of Stevens' poll in the past. At least three times. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we pretty much all know what you mean. Two hair pieces will enter. One hair piece will live. Who will it be, Stephen? I went with, you know, bless his heart. I went with, I believe, William Shatner on this one. Mm -hmm. Because I just think that, uh, you know, I love Adam West. I love both of these guys because Adam they're able West. to. <laughs> and for Adam those listening West. at home, we will have in the store, the Major Spoilers store real soon, the uh, best of song collection from the Major Spoilers podcast. Mm -hmm. Featuring Adam West, Adam West, right. uh, and the ever-popular reviews. Oh, uh, by the way, Stephen? Yes. <laughs> of the week. That's track number five, by the way. Um, Adam West, I love and both six. of these guys because they can. <laughs> and the first half of track seven. Because they can mock themselves. They're to the point in their careers where they know that they can laugh at themselves. And I think really apparent... This past week up on Major Spoilers, Adam West did a brilliant job with the uh, with the funny or die bit um, <clears throat> where he was selling cl uh, collectibles from the Batcave. Mm -hmm. But William Shatner, I think, if these two actually got in a fight, would play just dirty enough <laughs> where I'm sure he would try to kick Adam West in the kneecap and cripple him. And then when he's down, beat him with the walker. I mean, physical walker. <laughs> not with so, Chuck Norris, Texas yeah, not Ranger. With, yes. <laughs> Although that, we should have that one in the future, too. Oh, no. Uh, William Shatner versus Hello, Chuck Norris. Hello, future people to watch. So I, I believe I went with, and I voted a couple days ago, uh, I went with William Shatner for the win on that one. You don't even remember how you voted. Man, it's always such a fuzzy haze with me. The problem is you vote with your own poll a little too often. <laughs> yes, oh. I do, if you know what I mean. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Wait stop. No, edit. <laughs> Three, two, one. So, Stephen. Yes. I hear you've been writing your own poll, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Boy, I'm using that poll all the time, if you know what I mean. Wait, wait, no, stop. <laughs> Rodrigo, what do you think of my poll? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this week. Uh, this is that, how's that, my William Shatner? It is definitely Rod weak. I Rodrigo. Your poll that. <laughs> Rodrigo, what do you think of my poll? You week. this week must <laughs> tell us what you think, Rodrigo, of Stevens' ah. poll. Since you guys did meet in a gay bar and all, I thought maybe it would be appropriate. Um, oh, boy. That's going to be a bad, bad, bad that's, Wikipedia that's how entry. That's, that's how rumors get started. That's how Rodrigo this. ends up single and lonely for the rest of his life. Come on, people. Did I not say seven minutes on Hello, two minutes worth of material people. here? I'm working. Rodrigo is a strapping, virile young man. Yes, you said thanks. strapping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why is this happening? Word association I game. I don't understand. Episode number 94. Oh, good lord. All right, Rodrigo, back to the uh, okay. poll. Okay, well. Meanwhile, back at the actual show. Um, I'm going to have to go with Adam West. He, uh, Adam I, West. I have many, many fond <laughs> memories of him, you know, fighting some kind of ridiculous giant clam. Yeah. Or 
um, beating up the same thugs dressed differently. <laughs> um, so, and I never really got into Star Trek. So for me, at at a at, at a very childlike level, I, I would always probably go with Adam West. Well, this shows nothing but, but childlike levels. Well, so. there you go. Adam West, one for William Shatner. Matthew? Yeah. This is not a fair poll, and here's why. I know. I'm putting all your favorite last... children in the ring and telling them to find no. out for mommy's affection. No, not at all. Last night, I came home from work. My day job is an ineffectual middle management suck-up. Take calls. And I sat down here on the love seat of solitude, <laughs> and I, I turned on my 555 channels of cable that I pay for because, quite frankly, I have a DVR, which means I can watch TV whenever I want. But if I'm going to pay that much for cable, I'm going to pay the extra 10 bucks and have all the freaking channels. Word up. So I'm looking at Skinamax and thinking, well, Hey Bikini Pirates is on. Uh, Spider Babe was on. Uh, there was <laughs> something. There terrible. was something called Alien Sex Files, and I thought, hmm, Pequent, but. Not too robust. <laughs> and then I saw the three words that I knew would keep me up until three in the morning. Terror at 30,000 feet? Wrath of Khan. Ah. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And I sat and I watched. And I watched Bill Shatner chewing the scenery. And I watched Ricardo Montalban chewing the same scenery lit slightly differently. And I watched the Genesis of magic and I had to vote today when I voted I had to look at that that moment where he's like what's the matter I laugh at the superior intellect <laughs> throughout that film there are moments where Shatner is so over the top that he comes back around up through the bottom of Stephen's pole <laughs> it is so awesome that i couldn't vote any other way no matter how much i love adam west and i do love adam west fighting king tut or the battle with vincent price as the bookworm wonderful stuff but shatner shatner is is like a force of nature so i had to go with shatner based on two things one when i'm old and bald that's what i want my hair to look like and two Con! <laughs> let me ask you this who would you yeah. just real quick just very very quickly who would you rather want to spend two hours trapped in an ele elevator with? Rodrigo? Wait, between these two? Between these two. Um, no, I mean between me and Matthew. <laughs> I mean, talk about putting your two favorite children in the ring yeah, and having them fight it out. Um, I wouldn't make it out of that elevator, I don't think. I'd probably be eaten. <laughs> hey. Is that, a, is that a fat joke? <laughs> All right, so I'd, between uh, these two. I, I'd probably... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mr. Mr. T. Okay. Definitely. Matthew, let me ask you this question. Back in the day, during Star Trek, the original series, and Batman series, mm -hmm. Shatner and West were like getting it on with women left and right. Mm -hmm. There were there are tales of between takes, Adam West having fluffer girls essentially between him and uh uh, uh Robin. Burt just, Ward Burt Ward just going at it nonstop. Of the two, who do you think did it with more women? Well, I have to lean in the direction of Adam West for one reason only. Okay. And I say this as me. 
Shatner just seems like if you've ever if you've ever heard what what the man is like in real life, Shatner seems like the kind of guy who would expect the women to be really into him. Ah, okay. And I think Adam West is the kind of guy who'd be like, "Hey, my name's Adam West. I bet you're really into me." And then the women would laugh, and then they'd be like, "Yeah, okay, we'd like to, you know, we'd like to see your batarang." <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, that sounded a little bit like Janice from uh, the Muppet Show for a second. Oh, wow, I have no idea man. where I'm going with this. I would say probably Adam West. Okay, got more chicks. All right. However, if I was in the elevator, I think I'd want to be with Shatner because even though the topic might be Bill Shatner, <laughs> Bill Shatner can tell a story about nothing. Um. I, I think I saw something where he was telling a story about an elephant taking a crap. And, you and it was this fast. fascinating eight-minute piece, and, and the whole upshot of it was, and the elephant took this huge dump. And I'm like, that's what I've been waiting eight minutes for? It was awesome. All right. So the major awesome. spoilers. Poll of the week is still going to be up for a few more days until we swap the new one in. Now, for those of you that have been paying attention closely to Majorspoilers.com, you know that. On Monday afternoon, the new poll goes up, but the actual entry where you can post your comments doesn't go up until Tuesday because we want to include some of the comments in the show when we get them, and it's a big chance for everybody to just have a big love fest on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We so, like to have our poll go up on Monday. Yep. Then and go it, up a little and then further it's around, on Tuesday. And then it's around on Tuesday and lasts for and the then, week. Yep. And then, you know, by the end of the week, our poll finally goes down. Rodrigo doesn't like wiener jokes. This is the sound of me hitting my head against the microphone. <laughs> hey, this week, since we already spent a big, long, big, long time talking Atomic Robo in the last episode. <laughs> you spend big, long time. <laughs> <laughs> my wife does not find that funny. I apologize for the inconvenience. I meant That's no okay. Offense. She's never listened to this show in the uh, almost and 100 she episodes. she never will. Believe me, she never will. Although she was tempted to listen to... A, the, uh, the word, word association, association game one. one because she wanted to find out just what the hell goes on in our minds. Uh, Sky yeah, Sky writes like in. No matter what we said, you said half naked Asian cheerleader. I know she's already you know half naked cheerleader herself. Uh, hello, future people. This is Sky <laughs> writing in. <laughs> moving on. Moving this on. This is moving Sky on, writing on, in. Hello, on. future persons. I would like to suggest a podcast show topic. I think it could be interesting to have a discussion about comic book subscriptions. I can see several facets. The different ways we you can get into subscriptions, pull lists, direct subscriptions, DCBS, and other online services. The ways various publishers offer subscriptions, the effect on comic shops, how popular are they, how timely are they, and so much more. So, Sky, because we've got a few minutes to spare in the show, we are going to talk about comic book subscriptions. Now... Maybe we should start off by saying, how do you get your comics? And Rodrigo's got this big red indention on his head from pounding the mic. (sighs) With my head, damn it. (laughs) So maybe we should go around and say, how do you get your comics? Mm. How do you get your comics, Rodrigo? Um, Nowadays, uh, it's nice because some people do send those review copies. That's true. If you're not uh, lucky enough to have a guy who has a website who thinks you're kind of funny and uh, lets you be on his podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, thanks. I'm, I'm, I like you, too. <laughs> I, I usually just go to the store, and we don't we don't have a comic shop around here. It's just kind of like a big media store, Hastings yeah. Media Play type right, deal. Right, right. Um, and that's usually how I get my comics, which is kind of a problem because the more indie title just don't make it. Yeah, they really don't. Now, I will give credit to Hastings for one mm-hmm. thing. New comic books come out on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, they're putting them on the rack. Yep. So you do have to like that for one thing. I myself 
because there was there was a comic book shop here in Hayes. It was called Gulliver's uh, Tattered Covers and later just Gulliver's Cover or Gulliver's Tales or whatever it was. Uh, Gulliver's Books. They closed <laughs> down, and I Ooh. had to go an hour and a half east to Salina to a place called Collector's Pair of Dice. Mm-hmm. Get it? Collector's Pair of Dice. And uh, I worked this deal up with James Ware. I would email him my list of comics that I wanted every month from the previews catalog, and every week he would gather my collection, put it in the mail, and send it out to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm getting my comics mostly on maybe late Thursday, but more often than not on Fridays. And so that's why some of my reviews are a little off, why you don't see a review on Wednesday of a new title Mm -hmm. unless I go to Hastings to pick it up. Um, But that's been a good relationship that's worked for me because I'm keeping a local comic shop Uh in business even though it's not my local comic shop. At one point, I was, before I discovered Collector's Pair of Dice, uh, I was driving to Topeka and had, at Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies, Huntoon and Gage, Topeka, Kansas, <laughs> ask them about uh, where Matthew is on Saturdays, and they'll give you a funny look. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I would have my sister go and pick those up on a weekly basis, which meant that at least once a week there was a girl that would walk into the store. And then she would mail those to me every month. So at one point it was really bad for me. But now the, the relationship that I have with Collector's Paradise really, really works out. And I think pull lists are the best way to do that. Matthew, what was about you? Was this your sister, Lizard Breath? Yes, Lizard Breath, my sister, who's having a baby in a few days. Probably even as you, even as we're speaking, as you're listening to this podcast oh. on Saturday, she's probably having her first son. <gasps> Matthew would like to throw out a big monsel tab to Mr. and Mrs. Breath. <laughs> on this, the day of, of their, their daughter's birth. No, and it's a son, but they won't tell me what the name is. I think they're going with Stephen, honestly. Will I not surprise it. me. Well, and I'll tell you why. Not because of me, uh-huh. but because her husband's father's first name is Stephen. I see. I've already dis- deduced, and they've confirmed that the middle name is uh, his grandfather's first name. So, hmm. Which was also Stephen, so his yes, name is going to be Stephen, 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 Breath. Lizard Breath. Yeah, Stephen Breath. <laughs> See, that's that's what my dad always says. He's like, my, my dad's name is Mario, and yes, that is hilarious. <laughs> Hang on. My dad has always said, he's like, you know, I know that the only... Your dad's name is Mario what? dad's name is Mario Lopez. Do we have time to digress into this? Yeah, I have a I have a friend. I have a real good friend, and um, I went to this is this is a completely different story. I have a, I have a friend. We've been really good friends ever since freshman year of college. Right. About maybe a year ago, and I've been out of college for a while. A year ago, um, I I just mentioned that my dad's name was Mario, and he just stopped dead in the conversation, and he was like, "Your dad's name is Mario Lopez." I was like, "Yes." It's like. I could have been making fun of you for the past six years about the fact that your dad is A.C. Slater and you never told me. And he was actually genuinely upset at me. I'm a little pissed at you now. (laughs) See, this always happens. Anyway, what I was trying to say is that your father is next in line to be Pope. Pretty much. My My dad has always said, I know the only way that you would name your kid Mario is if you were actually naming him after Super Mario. <laughs> and I said, well, that's only if my wife won't go for Donkey Kong Lopez. <laughs> Luigi Pac-Man <laughs> Defender Lopez. Galaga. Yeah. And if it's a girl, it's going to be Samus Shira. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Matthew, and, how do you do you do everything? And these are the list. twins, Mega Man and Speed Racer. <laughs> Metroid Prime. Uh Matthew, um Hi, how are you? You do all your stuff pull list, right? Or well, not. Just I mean, for you, it's blow a, it's my a, story right out of the water, you schmuck. Sorry, but you work at a comic book shop. Many years ago, many many years ago, I'm gonna tell a story because I can. All right. I used to buy my comics when I first started buying comics at SNS Drugstore in Beloit, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about SNS Drugs: there were maybe 20, 25 Marvel and DC major titles. They'd see maybe six of them a month, right? And they'd rotate, so I'd get every other issue of Flash or every wow. other issue of Ghost Rider, whatever. That bites. That sucks. That bites. Yeah. And that's the way my collection went for years, and I wasn't bothered by it. And then I found Pat's Book Nook in Salina, down by the river. <laughs> down by the river and i used to buy back issues there for like you know a, a dollar a pound right but when i went to college i learned the power of the pull list at gulliver's tattered covers in hayes which was a wonderful store it was it an was. awesome place to shop um i actually uh friended jonathan haig who was the yeah. uh, counterman there the manager forever yeah he just still was even just until the, a few years ago on the wiki space or the the facepedia whatever the hell and um, well, when I came to, to college, our show. when I came to college, I had a choice of several different stores, and I wandered into one, and I'm like, "Ooh, hot chick!" And I have been shopping since 1998 at Gatekeeper Hobbies, Huntoon, and Gage Topeka, and I've had a pull list. Um, the last couple of years, I've really pared it down. I'm at two and a half pages of pulls right now. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, at one point, I was up to like six pages, and Jim, the manager who works for Dion, the owner. Jim, actually, I believe, is taking the place of uh, Tom Grice, who is wrong, sir. Wrong. But in other cases... I um, say good day. <laughs> Jim told me one day, I'm like, you know, I, I seem to have titles missing from my pull list. And Jim's like, dude, you get 12 comics a week. You're lucky you get anything right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've had my pull list there, and I've been updating it weekly for probably the last 10 years. And... Uh, I found that it's it's really probably the closest thing I have to a perfect world because mail subscriptions when I had them were never reliable. Yeah, that's number one because those are the ones that they send out last. Right. Mm. And when I was getting them, they would come pretty much unprotected, wrapped in a brown paper sleeve. Yeah. I don't know if you know anything about brown paper, but if you're a comic book archivist or a historian uh, like myself, you know that brown paper does three things. One – it immediately starts to degrade into an acidic mess. Two, it discolors the comic book. And three, if you actually have friction, that brown paper will leave mm. stains and debris all over your comics. And number four, if you've got a dick of a postman, yep. he's going to fold gonna it in fold half. It up and fold it in it half, exactly. Yep. So, I mean, I'm not one of those guys who will go to the store and look through and see if there's a little rip or a bend or something in my comic but I like being able to go in and, you know, I have the list from the website every week. I need these nine things, whatever these nine things are. This week it's going to be Buffy, Astro City, Final Crisis, Run, Flash Rebirth, Power Girl, Sea Guy, Agents of Atlas, The Destroyer, Marvel Zombies 4, The Boys, Irredeemable, and The Life of Times of Savior 28. Damn it. My list is twice as long. Eh, bite me. No, See, I don't read the bad it. titles. My list know, is not even problem. half as long. Yeah. But, but I mean, I have, one. you know, I have like 10 comics yep. that I'm going to go in 
and drop my 30 bucks or however much I spend because I do possibly have a discount. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can count on, you know, barring a sellout. I'm probably going to be able to see virtually all of those books. The only thing I have a question about is maybe Irredeemable because I got my pull list order in late on Irredeemable. Mm -hmm. I thought there'd be copies on the stands. They sold out. So wow. I had to go. and yeah. So well, it's one of those things where. I was going to say, fortunately, if, you, if you're reading, if you're just wanting to read it, mm -hmm. we do have that. Oh, that I got it. Copy. Yeah. No, I, I got it. Okay, cool. Oh, he got this, it. This you is the thing about out. comics. I may not have them when I have them, but I'll but get I'll them. I'll get them, yes. Because I work for Dion, and Dion probably has, I would say, it, it, west of Lawrence, it is the single best comic book store in the state. I and even east you. of Lawrence, I'd say you probably top three, top five. Mm, well, yeah, I would, I would say that. If you in, go back in, in the archives, yeah, in Kansas, and that includes uh, Prairie Dog Comics down in Wichita. Which is not bad, but it's not prairie it's not dogs super still open. Great. Yeah, that it is and, nice that they employ actual prairie dogs, though. Yes, I they mean, do. They need yes. to do something with them. See, whenever I shopped at Prairie Dog or um, the other one was Air Capital. That one, uh, I think it's called. I think it's still there. I think it's there down by the river. Seriously, <laughs> down by the in river. Old Town. It's not a very good shop. The the one in Old Town. Well, I mean, I, I would never say anything negative. I, I would say that, you know, all of them have their pluses. But I really feel like right now Gatekeeper is a very balanced store in that if you want something, if you want your boom, your Xenoscape, you, if you want your titles that aren't going to have 50 copies on everybody's wall, you can get them. Yeah, and, You can and get your avatar. You can get yeah. – I mean, I get all sorts of things. You guys I used gaming? to get Femforce every month they from AC gaming? Comics. Yeah. 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 You guys have like D&D stuff. And oh, like Matthew does. Stuff. He's got a back room. Cool. Yeah. We have – we have uh, you know, mm -hmm. we have games. We have the uh, full uh, Warhammer contingent. We have all sorts of stuff in the store. So, I mean, it's one of those things where if you have a pull list and there's somebody managing the pull list – Right. Somebody at the store who's going to be this is pull list is my job and I'm going to do it. Every Wednesday, Jason and Jim show up. They do the pull list. Takes about two hours between ten and open on Wednesday. And if you go in there, I've been in there and it's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. I've tried to help, and, and they're like, in the way. "Get the f out." And you we lost have a it. finger. <laughs> you will break. You will screw things up. Get out. I, I will say this though to people that are wanting to read comics on a regular basis. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're not also doing this or already doing this. You do need to get a pull pull list at your comic shop. They'll mm -hmm. do this They're, because it guarantees that they know that someone's going to buy these comics. It does two things. Number one, it ensures that there's plenty that you do get an issue. And there have been very few times when I've had a pull list anywhere in the United States, whether I was in Atlanta, whether I was in uh, Hayes, Kansas or Topeka or uh, Southern California. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time I get that issue. Now, there have been some times where diamond or somebody shorts yeah. the the company and they don't get enough mm -hmm. and i'll get it the next week mm -hmm. but right. the pull list is a sure guarantee now if you're someone who's an infrequent reader of comics you might look at a subscription and you don't mind bending up and this is really good for kids mm -hmm. uh, i know scroll brian with his son they've got a couple subscriptions to the jo johnny dc titles mm -hmm. and i think that works out really really well for them the problem with the mail subscription though is it does arrive almost sometimes two, three, four weeks, maybe a month or two late than when it arrived on the stands. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where the, you know, the, um, a lot of people, and if I remember this correctly, you know, on the cover, like this month on the cover, uh, it says, 
from last, it'll say like June. We're receiving June uh, titles that have the June insignia on it. Mm -hmm. That's because Mm -hmm. the titles are supposed to stay on the shelves until June. Mm -hmm. But for people with mail subscriptions, you get that title in June. If if that's what I remember from talking with one of my publisher friends a few years ago, he he told me that that story. Yeah. Um, So, you know, if you're an infrequent person, go with the mail subscription. You should also be aware that you can't always get mail subscriptions for every comic. Every comic, yeah. You know, you're only you're going to get them a lot for the kids' comics. You're going to get them for the Archie comics for sure. Uh, but uh, some of your Marvel DC stuff, you're not going to be able to get. Now, mail subscriptions were really popular 25 years ago, mm-hmm. but maybe not so much today. Well, I was I was actually subscribed to a couple uh, comics when I was in middle school and high school. Right. Um, like that was one of my birthday presents one year. My parents got me a subscription to X Men, and um. The 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 most positive thing about it. So your 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 mom is Elizabeth Berkeley. Uh-huh. Fire. Oh, I see. It's a joke. Callbacks um, are better when they're funny, Steve. Gotcha. Um, it's a joke bomb. You gotta you gotta put the two together. The it's word a joke grenade. Pull the pin. <laughs> count to five. Oh, that one's a dud. <laughs> the 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 best thing about that is that um, when you are. Uh, when you have a subscription, you're in the database. So yeah. every once in a while, if a company wants to get people hooked on a comic, they will just send you a free comic. Right, right. Um, just out of the blue, when they rebooted X-Men uh, with new X-Men, um, I started getting issues, even though I had been unsubscribed off of it for a while. I think I got the first issue of Heroes for Hire and like the first issue of whatever reboot of Avengers came up after Heroes for Hire died. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. just at random, they would just send me free stuff. See, and that's weird because you're talking about when you were a kid and I immediately thought about my X-Men subscription. I remember getting X-Men 183 with the Juggernaut Colossus fight in the mail. I do remember many of the kids at school receiving that same one. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, and then new X-Men came out. And I'm like, Jesus, that was 20 <laughs> years later. Yep. You die. I oh. started reading X-Men during Zero Tolerance. Which ev- which everyone hated. Shut your but lying since out. I started there, I'm like, you know what? I have a special place in my heart for Maggot and Cecilia Reyes and Mero before she became pretty Mero and then probably died and then came back and then died again and then came back. Wow. Well, I, I can I can give you that spawn of Slater, but I will give you this in return. <laughs> One of my most disappointing experiences of my life came because of a subscription form. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, uphill both ways. With Is this AK a sea monkey story? When I was a kid, you would order the subscription, and there was a little three-digit code. Right. And I, it was 1982. Oh, I know what happened. And I, I ordered G.I. Joe. So far. And the code for G.I. Joe was G.I.J. Yes. And I ordered G.I. Joe. And two months later, I ran to the mailbox, all bristling and happy and bright-eyed and going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I unwrapped my fresh copy of Indiana Jones number two. I-J-O. Yeah. So I, Hmm. for a year, grudgingly read Indiana Jones Adventures. From Marvel Comics. From Marvel Comics, rather than the G.I. Joe that I wanted. And I will never forgive Marvel for that slight, and that is why I favor everyone else. What, have you guys? Have you guys tried? Have you guys ever tried any of the internet subscription services like DCBS or Heavy Ink or or any of those others? I had uh, Westfield for a while in college. Okay, 
And what was when your I experience was, with that? When I was commuting back and forth, it was great up to a point. The thing about the Westfield at the time was you would get your pulls up until the point your money ran out. Right. So if you, you know, if I had $150 in the account and the pull list had $200 worth of books on it, they'd get to the point where I hit my, my 150 and they would stop pulling. And then there wasn't really at the time any type of back order reorder process. So I missed Miracle Man number eight, which was the birth of uh, Winter the Miracle Baby, one of the hardest issues of the run to find in some cases mm-hmm. um, because I ran out of money on my Westfield subscription. Oh, that sucks. What about mm-hmm. you, Rodrigo? Have you ever experienced those? No, I actually haven't tried those. Uh, the nice thing about some of these, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not putting a plug in for any one in particular because number one, they don't advertise with us. Although if they would like to advertise with us, I'd be certainly happy to put plug. a plug. But some of these services actually offer you a very deep discount, sometimes up to fifty percent or more on the cover of the book. So there's certainly the advantage of, hey, I'm gonna go with Heavy Ink or DCBS or or, or whatever these other ones are. And save myself a ton of money or be able to double the, the amount of content that I can get every week. And for the most part, the reviews that I hear from these are they're quite positive. They get the stuff with you within a day or two of, of the release. So it's almost like me. My comic book guy gets them on Wednesday. I get them on Friday. Most people would also get them on Thursday or Friday, depending on where they're at. Plus, you get that discount. So I don't think there's probably anything wrong with that, except it brings up to the question that Sky was asking, what happens to the local comic book shop? Hmm. with this kind of a of a service. And again, Matthew, you're be, you being the person that runs and works at a comic book shop. Hi have, there. Have you noticed a decrease in in customers because of because somebody just comes in one day and says, "Hey, I'm stopping coming here. I can get it cheaper online." Well, there's a lot of internet ordering, but in my experience, what I've run into mostly are people threatening to go to the internet. Hmm. Uh, you didn't pull my Batman last week. I can get my books on the internet for nothing. Um, one of the one of the downsides of pull lists, from the perspective of the retailer, is every couple of weeks my job is to go in on Sundays every every Sunday, and I'll be you know there'll be a long box of comics. Let's say you get the new Wonder Woman issue in. You put last month's issue back one. You take the month before. You put it in a box, and then I process it on Sunday morning and put the copies in the back issue bins or in storage. Every once in a while, I'll come in and I'll see a stack, you know, like six consecutive issues of Buffy or ten issues of Star Wars, and I'll know that somebody's pull list didn't get picked up. And that pull list issue is now something that Dion has bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. In some cases, yeah. it's, you know, it's going to be real specialty items that we can't really move necessarily, but they're going in the, the overhead, they're going in the back issue bin. So I, I feel like the pull list process is less threatened by online ordering than it is by you know people just not purchasing their stuff yeah and there is there's something else that you want to keep in mind and this is a way to support your local comic shop okay if you come to me matthew and you say matthew hey how's it going give me one of them pink forms i want to order amazing barack obama number one (laughs) and three weeks from now jim calls you on a wednesday morning says hey we got you your copy of amazing barack obama number one and you say oh i already picked that up at borders well here's the deal when you file that order it's not a hey if i feel like picking it up you have then entered into an agreement that the store is going to pay out of pocket right for the item that you ordered the store has now given you a short term loan on the price of that item so if you want to support your comic store 
When you make that special order, when you put your pull list together, when you do whatever it is you do, make sure that you're coming through on your end of the deal. Yeah, I would echo you know, that. I, and for me, if I know that James is not going to get me, you know, the death of Batman or, you know, the RIP final issue there, and it's coming out on Wednesday, and I know I'm not going to get it till Friday, and I know that reviewers are going to uh, want to read that our review of it right away, I'll go to Hastings and I'll buy a copy of Detective or Batman or Invincible or whatever it is. And then I'm also buying it a second time when James sends me my order because I I already prepay in advance for all that stuff. You've committed to pay for it. I've committed to paying for it and I have no problem with doing it. And certain listeners or Rodrigo or whoever gets my extra copy. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of a win-win for those people. And Hooray! So- well, and there's there's something that I do as well. This happened a couple of months ago. Um, I've been reading Dave Sims' Glamour Puss. Yes. And it's a peculiar title, and Dion doesn't really order a shelf copy of Glamour Puss. There's not people walking in off the street going, hey, you got that Glamour Puss? Right. <laughs> well, not I on that it, street in it, particular. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put it on my hold list. Got issue one, issue two, issue three. Issue four got missed on the order. So I say, hey, Dion, did you get this? He said, nope. I'm like, can you reorder it? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, don't bother. I'll go get it somewhere else. And I go over to Lawrence to one of the hippy dippy comic stores down on Massachusetts Avenue. Right, and I I kicked them my two ninety nine, and I, you know it's it's not that big a deal for me. I enjoy supporting more than one store. My primary business is always going to be where I work because mm-hmm. you don't crap where you eat. But if it's something that's going to be outre or offbeat, or if I'm not sure that I want to add it to my pull list, I'll truck over to Lawrence on my day off, and I'll spend some time at Astro Kitty Comics or Quality Comics, or you know, Lord help me, one of the the half the Half price bookstore down there has a pretty impressive comic run if you're looking for Deathmate Red in all of its glory. So I mean, there's there's a moment where I will always make sure that I'm supporting more than one local store before I would ever go to say you know an online site or the G Bay or yeah. whatever it is. Now, what if uh, Matthew? What if uh, one of these sponsors came to us and said, Matthew, we'd like for you to try out XYZ.com for a month. Mm-hmm. Would you do it and still support your local, or would you say, hey, "Okay, let me try, let me try this other service for a month and see what it's all about"? Here's what I would do, and I'll I, I would do my regular previews order with right. whatever I had, whatever I'm going to add, whatever I'm going to change, and I would place those new those new orders with XYZ.com, and I'd yeah. go through there because I don't have a problem with doing business online, but I also feel like you need to shop at home first, mm-hmm. and if you if you can't find it. Then I don't think there's any shame in going online because – and especially with comics. This is one of the, the biggest things to me is for probably 10 years, I searched for a copy of Hulk 161. Not 181, which is the first appearance of Wolverine, but 161, which is the death of the mimic. Hmm. I could have gone to Chuck Rosansky's MileHighComics.com. Even back in the 80s, I could have gone – you know, to the, uh, taken their little catalog and filled it out and bought a copy. But part of it is the thrill of the hunt. Yeah. You know, it's sitting in, in, in the creepy store or sitting, you know, at, at Dean's Books on 17th and, and, and Kansas and Topeka and just flipping through and seeing, oh, my God, that's Detective 479. I've been looking for that. You know, it, it, there's an aspect to collecting, at least for me, that is purely 
I went and I found this. And part of it is not, you know, I have this copy of Miracle Man number one. Where'd you get it? Well, I bought it when I was 19 through Westfield. Or, you know, I have this copy of Miracle Man number 16 that I found in a back issue bin at like a million comics in Overland Park, Kansas. Yeah. And picked it up. And my copy. That one in Bonner Springs. That one's pretty, yeah. pretty trippy. But if you ask me uh, my copy of Miracle Man number 24, I ordered it online because I couldn't find a copy anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what about eBay? That, what, do you, what do you think about eBay? Uh, that's where I got my Miracle Man 24 and I oh, paid okay. out the nose for it. But there's less of a personal attachment. I mean, yes, it's a wonderful story. And don't get me wrong. I read it as part of the, the run and I enjoyed it. But there's less of a personal attachment in that, you know, the, the hunter-gatherer, I didn't kill that food. I ordered in, for mm -hmm. in a manner of speaking. So to me, I don't have a problem with eBay. I don't have a problem with the internet. But I feel like they should be alternate channels. They should be your second or third line of defense rather than your primary. So to me, I go to Dion. I say, Dion, can you get me a copy of Glamour Puss? He's like, most of the time, great. Those yeah. times when Dion doesn't get me a copy of Glamour Puss, I'm not going to curse it into the four winds and pull my pull list in yeah. rage. I'm going to go somewhere else. And if and, you know, Dion, what does he lose? A buck, a buck and a half. But he didn't order that title. It didn't hurt his bottom line. He's not losing a customer. But I'm taking my business and I'm kind of spreading it out, you know, spreading the wealth. I have my primary provider. And then I have little secondaries. It's kind of the multiple wife theory. Of <laughs> hey, Matthew, you know, can it, you, uh, can you do me a favor? What? Can you, can you say glamour puss again? Glamour puss. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like comic book polygamy. Yeah, I say I have your locals. primary comic book wife. That's an air quote. <laughs> Never. And then weekend wife. Right. And I'm, Shut on a, up. I'm on a road trip wife. I know how those work. Yeah, and text messages in between. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sky, there's our, our thoughts on the different types of subscriptions. Hope that uh, was informative to you and hopefully informative to the rest of our uh, oodles of listeners out you there. You know, I think we need a new uh, theme song. I think we should have Led Zeppelin's Ramble On. Ramble On! <laughs> Ramble On! Can't afford did, it. Did, 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 did. Yeah. I don't think they'd go in for that. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another special edition Goodbye, of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Man, we are getting ever closer to show 100. We have tested out a live show for those people that were up on Wednesday up on or Tuesday up on the Major Spoiler site. You did witness a live show being performed, and we did have a special Major guest in there. Major Spoilers history. I know. It, I don't know if we'll ever pull that out. We may pull that out maybe for our anniversary or something, because mm -hmm. we actually had uh, Super Future Friends. We did. Up on the show, and, and we were talking. Oh, Super Future Friends. Super Future Friends podcast, talking about Legion of Superheroes. Uh, the show 100 is going to be a live show. Everyone will want to log in and listen and watch. We've got a pile, a, a literal pile of presents, prizes, to give away to lucky Azusa. listeners. Other things that start with P. Yes, things that start with the letter P. Now, that's the next one, Matthew. That's the next game. People who've uh, never been in my kitchen. $100,000 word association pyramid. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We will see you in a few days because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will see you then. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. 
Visit Major Spoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven, rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun, being the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009